199 Proof is a show where we take spirits and place them in head-to-head competitions against each other, evaluating them neat and in the drinks they frequently make. We pledge that we will try at least 199 versions of each mixed drink we choose in a rigorous, bracketed-style tournament of data-driven drinking. Just not all at once. Welcome to another episode of 199 Proof Data-Driven Drinking, where we take science and data and apply them to that very important question, is there in fact a Navy strength gin that's so good it can take down one of the gin world's powerhouses? That powerhouse you speak of is the Botanist, which is a Scottish Islay gin. And Islay is an island which is west of mainland Scotland, north of Northern Ireland. It's a wild, wild place. And it's famous, justifiably so, for its contribution to the Scotch whiskey world, including, for example, Lagavulin. And they claim that they're the only gin made on the island. And being on that island, they use 22 wild foraged local botanicals, including juniper, of course. And then things like creeping thistle, heather, lemon balm, bog myrtle, which sounds like a band name that didn't quite make the cut from Mata Hoople, uh, white clover, and wood sage. And they pair all those flavors with a higher alcohol content than your average regular strength gin. Right, it comes in at 46% ABV. However, that doesn't hold a candle to Cannonball. Cannonball is Edinburgh's Navy strength. Now, Edinburgh, of course, is a fantastic gin, and the regular strength Edinburgh has already made it through the quarterfinals, and is, in fact, part of, in the Book of Mark, gin style, your Genesis story. Right. I have a particular affinity for Edinburgh gin. I would drink anything they put out, including toilet water. We won't put that to the test, but we will put the Navy strength to the test, which is 57.2% alcohol. That's punchy. It is. And in order to make the juniper stand up to all that alcohol, they double the juniper compared to the regular Edinburgh. Now that's punchy. They also add oriental spices, and peppercorns, and balance that out with lemon and orange to create more of a rounded flavor. At least that's what they're going for. That's interesting because I know what they do so well with their classic Edinburgh gin. I'm very curious how this is going to stand up against the botanist. What do you say we get right into it? Sounds good to me. Let's do it. Over hundreds of glasses of gin and hundreds more gin and tonics, we've narrowed the field down to these 16 gins. Dan and Mark will award one point each for the six 199-proof taste dimensions for a possible total of 12 points. The six taste dimensions are smooth or sharp, strong or weak, boozy or sneaky, complex or simple, balanced or unbalanced, and adaptable or limited. To evaluate the adaptability point, we've added several garnish rounds. The garnishes cover a wide range of flavor profiles to highlight and contrast the botanicals in the gin, and will provide a predictor on how these gins will work with other mixers and liquors. If the gins are tied after the tonic round, we will incorporate the score of the neat round as a tiebreaker. If the gins are still tied, we will default to the four non-taste factors of snap. Sophistication, or snob appeal, novelty, availability, and price. When either of these guys takes a drink, you'll hear this sound. It's better than hearing them drinking and swallowing. Trust me. All right, here we go. 
the Cannonball versus Botanist. Neat round. Mark, you wanna kick it off? I do. The Cannonball, and I know we taste these blindly, but it's pretty easy to deduce which is which. The Cannonball, I have real trouble getting past the booziness of it. It's got a lot working for it. It's got a real richness and depth of flavor, but I have trouble getting past the booziness of it. The Botanist, on the other hand, still comes in at 46%. It's a little hot, but in no comparison to the Cannonball, it has so much going on, but nothing really sticks out. It's not like the Monkey 47, which is just a kitchen sink approach, which throws everything in there. And everything that it has seems to really work in unison for me. Yeah, it's certainly not like the Monkey 47, which throws in the kitchen sink and ends up going down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, and expensively too. My overall take is that Cannonball is a great gin hiding behind really, really boozy foretaste. We're going to have to take this through the scoring for the neat round, but really the action's going to be in the tonic round when everything else that's put into it besides the 57% alcohol can come out from hiding behind all that heat. Yeah, I think the cannonball's really going to shine once you take some of the, the burn away, take some of the booziness away, and really open up the flavors. Well, for now, let's take it through the neat round scoring and put this round to bed. Sure. Smooth. Smooth, I gave smooth to Botanist. The Botanist is really smooth. For how hot Edinburgh is, for how boozy it is, it's pretty smooth. But it's going up against the Botanist and there's no choice here. Strong. Strong, I give to the Botanist. I really like the flavor profile of the Cannonball. I just have trouble getting past the booziness of it. Interesting, I did my best to kind of subtract out the booziness from my taste buds, not an easy task, and ended up giving strong to Cannonball, actually. You know what, in the interest of objectivity, I will go back once again and see if I too can get past the booziness. Not sure I can. <laughs> I can't, I can't get past the booziness. <laughs> Jeez, I can't get past the booziness. You can't get past the booziness. <laughs> it hits my tongue so hard, the booziness hits my tongue so hard, it's smooth, but the booziness hits my tongue so hard, it almost numbs it or anesthetizes it. That is interesting, given that alcohol was for many years used for anesthesia. Well, I did, I'm gonna take another taste here. Yeah, that's boozy. But at least for me, behind the booziness is a very strong juniper flavor with some other botanicals. So, all right, we'll split on this one. Okay. Sneaky, we're not splitting on sneaky. No, there's no split on sneaky. Complex. Complex I give to the botanist. I just find that there's such a richness and depth of flavor that's all across the palate that it easily, easily gets the complex point. Interesting. I'm leaning toward cannonball on complexity. Let me take another sip. Yeah, once I get past the booziness, I get a lot of different flavors off the Cannonball. I'm going to stick with Cannonball for the complex point. Okay. You're entitled to be wrong. <laughs> Balanced. Balanced. Easy for me. That's the botanist. The botanist is so well balanced. With 22 botanicals going into it, it would be easy for it to really be unbalanced in one direction or another, whether it be juniper dominant or not juniper enough or really floral or not floral enough. But there's so much happening and it's all happening in concert. 
I lay money that that's the best balanced gin on that island. I, just, I don't even I don't even have anything for that. that that's actually pretty. It's actually pretty good. All right, that leads us to a final score for the neat round of eight to two. Now I think the tonic round is going to be really interesting because, like we were saying, I think that once you take the booziness out of the cannonball, it's really going to level the playing field and really open up those flavors and go head to head against the botanist in a real, real good way. I hope you're right. Let's get to it and find out. All right, Cannonball, the botanist, the tonic round to probably determine the winner. I started off with my impressions last time. Would you like to take us through your impressions here? Absolutely. First impression, boy, these two are so much closer now. The tonic really rounds off all that booziness and generates a great drink. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? It really opens up both of them and highlights different flavors and different things in each one. My second impression is that there's still a philosophical difference, basically. One is strong and punchy. Another is rounded and even. Well put. One tells a story and the other one is a choir. Choir of angels, I may add. Well, let's find out which one you liked and which one is more of an acquired taste. Oh, well, that was quick. I'll give you that. What do you think for Smooth? Well, I gave Smooth to the one that is the botanist. Now, tasting them blind, I went back and forth, and it's amazing that Cannonball at 57% was that smooth, but the botanist was a little smoother. I agree, and of course we taste them blindly, and it took a bit of back and forth to really do the legwork to differentiate which was which. I gave my point to the botanist as well, but it wasn't nearly as easy as I thought it would be. All right, two nothing botanist. What about Strong? Strong, I gave to Cannonball. You know, I felt the same way, not because of the strong alcohol, not because of any sort of booziness at all, really, but the juniper just really came through. For me, the botanist has a real sort of subtle and nuanced flavor. There's a lot happening there, but it's not a super, super strong flavor, especially in comparison to the Cannonball. For me, the Cannonball now... The tonic mellows it out. It softens the, the booziness of it. It opens up a lot of the flavors, and a lot of those flavors really shine through with a solid strength to them. Which means we're two to two. Two to two. Sneaky. Sneaky, I went back and forth. And it's crazy that I went back and forth because it was such a huge difference in the neat round. But I fell off on the side of the botanist. I did the same exact thing, and in fact, I'm going to do it again now. Poor you being forced to drink more good gin. It's tough, man. Somebody's got to do it. The botanist has absolutely no booziness at all. Not in the slightest. The cannonball, it's sneaky. However, it just finishes with the tiniest bit of booziness on it, which I kind of like, but for the sneakiness point, I give it to the botanist. All right. Complex. Complex was a series of back and forths. In fact, I'm going to do another couple right now. I am so close to giving this point to Cannonball because it does have a bunch of flavors and they're good and strong, but I think there are just a few more flavors, subtle, in concert, as you say, a chorus in The Botanist. It gets my point. I did the same thing for the same exact reasons. 
I like the complexity of the Cannonball, but I really love the complexity that the Botanist offers. It's just a well-rounded, very complex, very nuanced flavor. Well-rounded almost sounds like you're leaning that way on balanced as well. I'm definitely leaning that way on balanced. There are very few gins that I've tasted that are as well-balanced as the Botanist. It hits everywhere. It covers such a wide range of flavors for me. It hits everywhere on the palate. It just does the mouth favors. Yeah, I'll just basically say what Mark said, because it covers everywhere. It covers all the tastes. It's so even. It's just phenomenal. Now, I do want to sing the praises of the Cannonball here because I really like what it does. It hits up front with the juniper, and then it hits the, the spice and savory notes on the middle of the palate, and it finishes with a citrus to me. That's real nice. It's just not nearly as well-balanced as the botanist for me. Not that anything else would be. No. Where do you fall on for adaptability? Well, adaptability is now five subpoints, and the tonic-only subpoint was actually pretty close, but... I fell off on the side of the botanist. I did the same thing, and probably for the same reasons. It's just a more cohesive, unified drink. All right. What that means is you gave four points to the botanist and one to Cannonball, and so did I. So after five categories, the botanist is up eight to two with two possible points for adaptability out there. Which means Cannonball is drawing dead no matter what it does. It can't beat the hand that the botanist has. It can, but process is the process, and data-driven drinking requires that we play through to the end. That's a good point. We will have to suffer through these two delicious gins and four more garnishes, starting with lime. No white flags. Let's go. All right, the classic lime. Gin, tonic, lime. Mark, what did you think? I think that, for some reason... The botanist just doesn't work for me with the classic lime garnish. I love the cannonball with this. The juniper really punches through. I love the spice profile, the Szechuan peppers and the Asian spices. And with the lime and the citrus finish, I think this is a great gin and tonic. I agree with you, except I ended up on the opposite side. Now, of course, we tasted these blindly, but the thing that I noticed was, for me, you got a really strong flavor out of the Cannonball. Yep. And a cohesive kind of absorbing flavor out of the Botanist, and that means I fell off on the side of the Botanist. Okay, well, with adaptable, lime, one-to-one. -one. All right, in that case, let's kick it into gear with Grapefruit, coming up next. <laughs> All right, here we have the modern take, the grapefruit. Let me start off, if you don't mind. Please do. Here was really interesting contrast because the botanist, really nice, cohesive, but not quite as bright and strong to me as the cannonball. As a result, I actually ended up giving the point to cannonball. For me, the grapefruit really eases the transition across the parts of the palate for the cannonball. And it takes it from three distinct steps across the palate to a real smooth front-to-back experience. I like it a lot. However, I love the grapefruit with the botanist. I feel like the botanist elevates the, the freshness and the citrus of the grapefruit. I feel like the grapefruit 
elevates the brightness of the botanist and they just work so well in concert together. Neither one really sticks out. It just elevates it to a whole new level. And I give my point strongly to the botanist. Interesting. All right, let me take a taste again and see if I can taste what you're talking about. The botanist is a very good drink with grapefruit. Yeah, to me, I still end up being a little on the side of the cannonball, which means we split again. We split again. That means we've split for both the classic lime and the modern grapefruit. It's time to take it in a totally new direction, rosemary. Let's do it. All right, here we have not the citrus, but rather the savory garnish, rosemary. I like rosemary for a couple of reasons. I'm sure you do. One of them being it either highlights the cohesion of a drink and accentuates it, or it really spotlights where the deficiencies are. And in this case, with the botanist, it really highlights what the botanist itself can do. I feel like the botanist welcomes the rosemary in, and instead of taking it in a citrusy direction, it takes it in a real earthy, savory direction, and it still works really well because it's balanced out with so many other savory flavors. The Cannonball, unfortunately, does not do such a good job of absorbing the rosemary. It's not quite as bright, and it ends up being a little bit of a one-note kind of issue instead of the symphony you get out of the botanist. I totally agree. And for some reason, I got the image of different waves in my head. With the botanist, I get a much smoother curved sine wave, where with the cannonball, I get much more of a jagged step kind of wave. I see, which means that the botanist is going to get the point and is going to kind of sign off, while the cannonball is going to have to step off. I don't want you to go on any more tangents here. So yes, the botanist gets both points here. Are you saying that my jokes are paradiabolical? I'm saying that we need to double garnish these so I can have another drink. <laughs> All right, let's do that then and see who takes the final one, grapefruit plus sage. All right, the final adaptability point the double garnish, sage, grapefruit, cannonball, and the botanist. What are your thoughts on this? First thought, boy, this is amazingly close. I thought after the first one, this is an amazingly cohesive, delicious drink. This has got to be the winner. And then I tried the other one and I thought, wait a minute. Yeah, these two, while the garnishes do two different things, it does it really well, and both of them take to it really, really well. As you've said about the cannonball, the grapefruit really smooths the transition, but the sage does something interesting. The sage really elevates those savory middle palate notes for me, and it makes it a lot more complex and cohesive. I get the peppercorns and the oriental spices are now really accentuated. It still has that soft citrusy finish to it, which really makes it a very much more nuanced and complicated drink. And a fantastic one. Without a doubt. And the crazy thing is, the botanist might be even a little bit better. One thing I noticed with the grapefruit sage garnish with the botanist is that it creates almost two different drinks. The grapefruit really elevates the brightness of the drink. The sage really brings it down and elevates the earthiness part of the drink. It pushes it in two different directions simultaneously, but creates one cohesive drink. 
it's kind of amazing that it can do that. It's very complex, it's very nuanced, and yet four ingredients, one glass, phenomenal. Absolutely right. And that means by the slimmest of margins, I gave my point to the botanist. I gave my point to the botanist too, which gives the adaptability point to the botanist. It was already eight to two on the other 10 points for the previous five categories, which means what looks like a pretty dominating victory, however slight each of the leads might have been, the botanist ends up 10 to two. It does, but the score was a lot closer than the scoreboard indicates. Cannonball really shines through in a very difficult competition because the botanist is just a phenomenal gin. It really does, but it's also going home. It is unfortunate for Cannonball. However, I don't know what we could have put against the botanist in this bracket that would have taken it down. It's just that good. And as a result, it's joining our other fantastic gins in the quarterfinals. Next week, we have another great matchup. Two very different gins. Brooklyn, which comes to us via the second chance bracket, and Corgi Earl Grey, which came out of the novelty episode. That should be really interesting because what a contrast. The modern classic versus the novelty with tea in your gin. Join us then for another round of 16 matchup. I'm actually kind of starting to smile already. See you then. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website for more information, 199proof.com. Follow us on Instagram, 199proof data driven drinking, all one word. Follow us on Twitter at 199 underscore proof and find us on Facebook. Send us what you're drinking and let us know what gins you'd like to see featured on future episodes. Cheers. Cheers.